0: We now can sit back and enjoy listening to Liam Ford, and I'm delighted you're joining us Liam uh, from Theatre Cluid. those of us that were in 2012 will remember Liam with great affection as the wonderful producer at that time. Um, and I personally can't wait to hear what he's got to say to us about life at Theatre Cluid, the mysteries. And I think, you know, just to recap, I, I know I mentioned it in the in the, int- the um, email I sent around. But Liam, you were there at the beginning of Supporters Trust and really mentored us in that first year in particular uh, and guide our, guide our Steps. So it's lovely to have you back with us tonight. and. Um, and I'm gonna hand over without more ado to you to take us forward.
1: Well, yes, I've had my supper already so I don't need to sing for it. I'll just, um, uh, it's lovely to see so many familiar faces and um, forgive me, I've got kids left, right and centre using the internet. So if I'm a bit juddery, um, bear, bear with me. Um, our bandwidth in North Wales is not as good as, as you good folk in York have. Um, uh, yeah, do you know what, it's, it's astonishing Firstly, to see so many people agree on votes. If only our politicians were as efficient as, as, as you all are. And, and secondly, it's amazing that the supporters trust is still going. Uh, you know, th- those kind of early, early days. So more power to, to, to all of you. I don't know um, uh, if I know all of you. I know the majority of you um, and, and vice versa. So I thought I'd give you a little potted history on who I am. Uh, then give you a bit of an oversight of Theatre Cluid and then we can just have a bit of a chat um, and and you can quiz me on anything that may be of interest to you. Um, so I uh, I trained as an actor at Vic. Uh, I thought that treading the boards was the thing for me. Uh, I had an amazing time doing that and then I was very fortunate to enjoy a bit of a gallivant around the world doing some some acting. Uh, I I managed to play at the RSC and uh, went to the West End and I did some TV and film and adverts. It was all very uh, wonderful and exciting. Um, However, even at drama school, I realised that the type of the area of the sector I was going into as an actor, you were told whether uh, you had an agent. Then you got told whether you had a job. And you got told if you got the job, and when you had the job, you were told the lines that you were going to say, how the director would like you to say them, the costumes that you were wearing, and the design of the set. And I kind of thought, well, oh, I, think, I think I fancy a bit more of a say in things than that. So I set up uh, a company called Sprite Productions. And um, we did a lot of crazy outdoor uh, Shakespeare uh, at Ripley Castle, just down the road from You Fair Folk in York. Um, uh, I started a production company in London called the Factory Theatre, you, you will find this terrifying, we we didn't rehearse anything, uh, we kind of trained for it as if we were a sports squad, and then we let the audience decide um, who was playing who each evening, uh, what the props were, what the costumes were, it was an absolute um, harem, scare and ride, but, but we did it because um we were excited to see how we could recreate the magic of rehearsals rather than rehearsing the magic out of it which is what happens in uk theatre quite a lot in europe they're far more free flowing uh, and then i decided that london didn't suit us as a family and i moved to york uh, well to yorkshire and uh, and i got <laughs> i got given the job of community producer on the 2012 mystery plays and i have to say that completely changed my life and it's not I'm not saying because of the, the crowd here, it completely changed the way I viewed uh, my profession of theater making and how working with the community felt more important than my um, the, the, the my career development, which when you're an actor going into the commercial side of the sector, it's all about you. What's my next job? Uh, Am I ever going to be a star? You know, all of that rubbish that comes with it. Um, And as you know, 2012 was the most extraordinary experience. I think the youngest person we had in the company was five years old. He used to come with his mum. Uh, And I think the oldest person we had at the time in the choir was 97 years old. And everything in between, uh, people who were out of work, uh, people who were chief executives. But you know what? I was clearing, we were doing the pack down on the mystery plays in 2012 and I was driving the van uh, with a fella. I can't remember the, the, the name, his name or the part he played, but he, uh, we got talking, I'd known him for what, six months? We must've been working together by that point. Uh, and I said, well, wh- what do you do? And he said, well, I, I gave up my job and, and, and decided to go into the acting profession. And this is one of the first things I've, uh, I, I, I've done what did you do before oh i was the the executive director of dhl in asia i was the chief executive of one of the biggest the biggest um uh, you know delivery companies in the world i, I didn't know that we ha- it was the most extraordinary experience it changed my life and then um and then i kind of got kicked around with blood and chocolate literally kicked around which was the kind of the the follow on i guess uh, in 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 york wasn't it trying to take the, um, the soul that, came with, that comes with the mystery plays, you know, community involvement, telling stories on the streets of York in the open air. Uh, and then uh, I went off to Sheffield Theatres. I went to Sheffield Crucible. Uh, I did my time there as general manager. And then I came back for that slightly mad few years of York Theatre Royal's Capital Project, where we went down to the, the railway museum um, and then I got a phone call. I was lucky enough. I started getting headhunted for things, which I didn't. I didn't really realise existed in the theatre industry. Uh, and I got told about a new executive director position uh, at a place called Theatre Cloyd. Uh That's what the, the, the South Wales say. They say Theatre Cloyd. Uh In North Wales, they don't say that. They say Theatre it's, it's far more simple. Um, does anybody been to Theatre Cluid, I wonder? Raise your hands if you've been to Theatre Cluid. Oh, a few of you have. Bernard has, he's got around a bit, I know Bernard has. Um, uh, I'm just gonna show you a little picture of Theatre Cluid because it's the most extraordinary uh, place. Um, can everybody see that? Maurice, are you, you thumbs up? Can you see it? Okay, so this is this is Theatre Cluid. Um, it's not a beautiful, you know, um, you know, a few hundred years old theatre like York Theatre Royal. It was built in the 70s, 1976. Uh, it's, it's not in an urban centre like many big theatres are. Um, it's on the top of this hill with down uh, down to the um, south is the small market town of Mould. Um, uh, and really it shouldn't exist at all. Uh, when it was first opened, this this half of the building to this side was the public realm. Um, At the other side was a technical education centre that HTV ran uh, up until the the, the 90s. Um, And it shouldn't be built because because it cost an awful lot of money. And there's a story that that tells the, um, the legend of the then chief executive of the Cluid County Council, a chap called Hayden Rees, who had been working in Germany and seen the, the amazing community art centres that they had in Europe and came back to take up post in North Wales and said, my community deserve an art centre like that. And he had lots of opposition. So the story goes that on a Friday evening, the cabinet agenda was stacked full of nonsense. And right at the bottom of it was the decision to fund the building of Theatre Cluid and the Technical Education Centre. And all the lazy counsellors had gone home by the time it got through <laughs> uh, and, and, and he managed to get it built. So that was 1976. Uh, and it, it's the most extraordinary space. We have uh, a main house. It's only 600 seats, but it's beautiful. The Anthony Hopkins Theatre named after him because he performed Uncle Vanya there uh, back in the early 90s. We have the Emlyn Williams Theatre that's a 250, a completely flexible space. It can do everything from traverse to in the round and on either which way. Um, Then we've got what is the old TV studio because the theatre has grown, the operation has grown into the old Technical Education Centre since HTV left, uh, that holds 100 people. We have a cinema, 115 people. We have three art galleries. And we have uh, an event space that you can do weddings and, you know, bar mitzvahs and everything in between. Um, The most extraordinary thing about Theatre Cluid is that it has all of the making departments in-house still. So we have an in-house costume making team we have in-house scenic artists and a full-size paint frame so they can stretch the canvas the whole width of the main proscenium stage and get up and uh, you know kind of on hydraulics and and paint in beautiful detail and um, scenic construction department and a props making department so we are only of one of four theatres in the whole of the uk still to have all of those making departments Hands up for guesses who the other three are. Theatre, Cluid, and who else? RSC. RSC, correct. That's one. Morris. National Theatre. National Theatre two. The third one's always the trickier one. And it's not an opera company. Opera companies don't, (coughs) they cheat. They've got far more money. Philip. Where's Plymouth? Do you know what Plymouth don't have their props making department anymore? Not anymore. Oh, okay. No, no, you're right. They've got all of the others. They've got all of the others. Birmingham Rep, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. yeah. But Plymouth have yes. got a really producing house. Um, so we're very, very fortunate. Um, uh, just to give you an idea of the scope of our work, so um, we, uh, I'm now in responsible for 140 employees, and they're all still employed, even, bec- even. During this last year, which is a little luck and a little judgment, if a little luck and a little judgment, if I'm, a, a a, a judgment, <laughs> if I'm honest, um, we employ usually around about 115 regular relief workers, so those kind of CASIs that come in and out, and um, bar work backstage workers that don't want core employment, and another 300 creative freelancers a year. Um, we've had a we've had a bit of an astonishing kind of last four years. So when I arrived, we were turning over. Similar scale to York Theatre Royal actually, turnover of around about five million a year. Um, That's gone up by two million pounds per year. So our turnover is now seven. I would say that I'm executive director, so it kind of sounds impressive, doesn't it? Um, But we've done that in a number of ways. Um, We've lowered the the lowest ticket price for our audience uh, and still increased turnover. We've got more people coming through the door. We've done lots of interesting things around subscription so if you uh, buy five tickets for five different shows, you get them heavily discounted. So people are kind of buying more volume. It's, it's, it's quite exciting how that's worked. We're the third biggest client of the Arts Council of Wales. We don't have to worry about the English Arts Council. So the two biggest clients are Welsh National Opera and Wales Millennium Centre, both in South in, in Cardiff. So we're quite an important strategic partner Um, And uh, what's this? Emlyn Williams, yes, the autobiography. He actually uh, went to the school in the village in which I now live, Emlyn. Superb playwrights and an amazing life story. Absolutely. Um, We've also really, really, and and this is taking what you all taught me into Theatre Cluids. We have really increased our community programme. So we're now responsible for uh, all of the music education in our county. We've taken on all of the music services The local authority were going to cut them. uh, And we said, no, we can sort that out. We'll work with the teachers. We'll remodel their pay conditions onto our house agreement and we'll save the service. Uh, And alongside our creative engagement team, we deliver about half a million uh, creative workshops every year. So the creative uh, engagement department had two staff members when I started. They've now got 33. Uh, and they've got artistic uh, expertise in theatre making, in dance, in visual arts, and in music. And uh, they do the most incredible outreach work. I mean, we're, we're in quite a deprived area in North Wales. And um, uh, some of the areas, Connors Quay, um, uh, uh, Greenwood, um, they, they've been decimated over the years as the mines were closed, as in industry closed. Um, and they are not the communities that would naturally think about coming into a theatre space. So we try our hardest to go out to them and and, and bring them in. Uh, And we've also had some some of the more sexy success, I guess. We won an Olivier Award in 2019 for Home and Darling, Best New Comedy. They've since scrapped that award, so we'll be the the, the last winners of it. Um, We've just been awarded Regional uh, Theatre of the Year. And my two biggest pieces of work um, are changing the governance structure. I'm currently a civil servant. I'm currently employed by a local authority, but on the 1st of April, uh, I'll be taking us into an independent trust. Uh, And we've also got a major capital redevelopment to to deliver. Um, The building that I showed you was opened in 1976. It's not had any major investment since then uh, in 2010, there was a condition survey saying it is about to fall apart. Somebody sorted out. I got appointed in 2016. Nothing had happened. Um, so we uh, we're currently in receipt of Welsh government money for what will be a 42 million pound capital redevelopment, which sounds terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, uh, if you think of uh, York Theatre Royal's capital redevelopment, I think that was seven million pounds, and that was that was that was pretty big, wasn't it? Um, But the really exciting thing about that is that it will have dedicated, as well as enhancing the facilities, it will have dedicated spaces for arts, health and well-being, uh, 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 kind of a growing strand of work that's really, really important to me. Dedicated spaces for young people and the work that we do with them. Dedicated spaces for driving revenue and, you know, all of that resilience that everybody thought was important before the pandemic. Uh, But actually, the organisations that have done better with that have struggled most during this last year. Um, And then enhancing all of the training facilities around our theatre making. Well, I I won't have any uh, medieval hospitals to uncover, uh, thankfully, Um, (laughs) Margaret, I know. Um, So that's, look, that's a little kind of um, potted history of me and Theatre Cloyd. I ought to stop talking, and we ought to have a bit of a natter, I guess, but, um, basically Diokam for having me. Thank you very much for having me.
0: People might want to unmute and um, have a conversation about all this, but, um, Liam, that, that sounds so amazingly exciting. No wonder you're glowing with it. Um, a huge okay. agenda there, and, you know, congratulations on making so much happen. Um, where are your centres of population then for, for bringing people in, As it, because it looks really quite rural.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it, it is. Um, so there's only 800, well, the last census, and there's a new one being done now isn't there, but there's, there's around about 800,000 people who live in the whole of North Wales. And North Wales is massive. Uh, geographically it's a big space. However, we're right on the border, so we're 10 miles from the border. And just over the border, we've got all of Cheshire, all of the Wirral, and all of Merseyside. So 46% of our audiences come from over the border. Um, so we have around about, um, including all of the engagement work, around about 300,000 people come through our doors each year. Each year. I mean, you know, all of this is pre-pandemic, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's it. That explains it then. What, what, um, one of the things we're struck with in the Trust is about engaging young people, um, particularly in something like the Mysteries, which is, if you like, a sort of niche interest in some ways. W- have you any advice for us on, on that matter? How we might draw more youth into this, into this experience?
1: Oh, um, I don't. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've got any advice that is easily um, taken on board. I mean, as as ever, it's about who you see when you walk through the door. We talk about a lot of Theatre Cluids. So, for example, our volunteer programme that we found, there's, we've got about 130 volunteers who just help with some of the ushering um, uh, around the theatre. I mean, most people are employed. Um, but there is a demographic, it's it's mainly people who are retired because they've got the time to, to give to that. And as we've tried to um, uh, kind of broaden that demographic and get more young people volunteering, the thing that the few, the handful of people who are, you know, kind of 35 and under, let's say, they've always said, well, when I come, when I come to Theatre Cluid, I, I don't see myself. Uh at, at and, and that's the big challenge. So when we've gone out to recruit for the volunteers uh, for, for Theatre Cluid, we've made sure front and centre are are the younger people uh, kind of pushing that, so that when they're talking to peers, they can they can they can see themselves. I think um, we're just about to set up a youth board, uh, of which we have um, uh, the the older members of the youth board. So the chair of it is twenty three and part of one of our kind of um, uh, was a youth theatre member and is now in our company 25, 25. Um, uh, they are going to take a formal trustee position with our legally and uh, responsible trustees. And and she will make sure that she is um, talking uh, and taking the case of the youth board, who goes right down to the age of, I think the young person is 11 on that. And, and making the case to the board and the senior management so there may be some clever mechanisms around that that there's some sort of youth board on behalf of the, the the supporters trust that could be formed um where it isn't about legal responsibility the stuff that you are you have as committee members anybody under 18 can't do that and it can be quite daunting can't it you know when you're talking about accounts and Uh, Articles Philip's just been talking about all of that stuff. So how do you kind of just knock the edges off that so that people actually feel confident about being able to contribute, I guess.
0: Thank you. I'm inviting questions or
1: Can I just say
0: Liam, it's lovely to see you. Um, The last time we saw you, it was very sad when you were leaving York. And I'm just wondering that the, the role you have now seems totally different from the role you had when you were in York.
1: And we always thought you were a wonderful people person and actually involved with the shows. I mean, I was in Blood and Chocolate, remembering you charging behind us, shouting at us. Do you miss that element of what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, deeply, No, actually, deeply. I miss, I miss being on the ground. However, um, the, the, people, the, the people person side of me um, has served us well with the politics that float around my kind of role. Nowadays, I deal an awful lot with local politicians, in Wales, national politicians. And of course, I've got 140 employees and almost 300 livelihoods to look after. Um, so I've kind of I've kind of applied to that. I, I really missed it during the first couple of years. I think now I've I've kind of found my feet in this new role. Um, but who knows, one day maybe I'll get back to being on the ground and charging yeah. around with weapons you, or whatever it is. <laughs> you don't teach them how to fight anymore. Then? I do. Uh, uh, I do. I do occasionally do fight workshops for the youth theatre groups. Uh, yeah. <laughs> keep my hand in I tell you what though I've never acted more than my current role yeah you've got to <laughs> pretend <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bernard did you want to come in yeah Chris sir Liam um have you got a program set out for the summer because I'm going to be spending some time in Wales during the summer
1: yes I do sir I do so um uh, our current direction of travel, let's call it that, for this year, is that from May onwards we'll be able to um, have open air events. We're quite low. You've seen the pictures. We're not landlocked. We've got we've got loads and loads of outdoor space. So we were the only theatre in Wales last year who were able to allowed by Welsh government to put on live performance, and we did that in the open air. We were the test test partner for Welsh government um and they've confirmed that we're able to kind of take up that baton this year so um from may to mid september there will be an open air program we've got a concert stage and all sorts of programming so <laughs> will, you, will you pop in and say hello bernard i will yes and <laughs> um, we'll we'll be releasing we'll be releasing dates on that um, probably in about a month's time
0: is it mostly touring companies then
1: uh, it's a mixture. No full productions. It's 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 more music, comedy, concerts, that kind of thing. And um, full productions are uh, really challenging. Although we do have a new piece called "For the Grace of You Go I," which will be on in July. So um, you can that's that's a romantic comedy. You'd love it, Bernard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it. Um,
0: Simon, Simon, I think was wanting to come in. I've like, got keep shooting screens, keep shooting around, Simon. I was just wondering, um, I know it's not in Welsh Wales, but it is
1: in the north, so I was wondering whether you were uh, under any pressure to have Welsh language um, activities? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question, Simon. Yes, so with our Arts Council funding, we have, I wouldn't call them quotas, but there is an expectation on us to deliver a certain amount of Welsh language programming. So in our county it's 13 percent of of the population are first language welsh and um, when you head over to gwynedd over in the west that jumps up to almost 90 yeah. percent and and we serve all of them it's a real challenge though because it doesn't have the same audience base so the finances uh on on box office are far less for our welsh language programming than they are for the english language especially when <laughs> We have so many people coming over from England, um, but uh, but I've, I mean I've got Welsh heritage, uh, and I hadn't realised how deeply political and important it is. So I quite enjoy the challenge of um, progressing the growth of the Welsh language now in my role. Yeah, well, my, my sons went to Bangor University, but he came back without a word of, of Welsh, even though it's. The heartland of or of, of the Welsh over there. And I was just wondering do you do any stuff apart from um, main stage activity? Do, do you do like children's things and stuff in, in Welsh uh,
0: or whatever?
1: Yes we do. So um, the Welsh Government by 2050 want to have a million Welsh speakers um, and so we, we have to um, report against that to our, to our funders. And the biggest way that we can grow that is by um, uh, working with young people. So yeah, we've had even this Christmas when we weren't actually able to stage many shows, we had we had a Welsh language uh, Christmas show. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, there's more of an audience for young families with Welsh language. Uh,
0: okay. Any
1: further points? Anybody? Oh, uh, Roger, come in. Hello, Liam. <laughs> Roger. So, lovely to hear you. Very, very concerned that you, in Wales, and I'm very glad that you haven't talked about last Saturday's performance or <laughs> shenanigans that went on there, my goodness. But my question, actually, is... Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what aspirations you have, say, for the next two or three years? What are the key things that you're aiming to achieve over the next three years? Uh, well, I remember Roger always asks the difficult questions, doesn't <laughs> he? Uh, um, no, firstly... I asked, well, for, hang on, hang on, wait a minute. The first thing I should then ask is, uh, are you permanently in Wales now, Liam, or...? Have you are you seeing common sense and coming back soon? <laughs> um, uh, I am permanently in Wales. I've got I've got I've got a big job to see through here, Roger. And I would like to say that I do think that um, Welsh referees got a really dodgy French accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <that's, yeah>. Good. <laughs> um, so your aspirations, uh, your what aspirations. Are things, what are the big things? That Well, is my internet really juddery are we all we will we all out You're of back. Sync? it's
0: fine you're back
1: okay these kids honestly youtube it's awful um i have a massive job to steer an organization through what is a two-year capital project uh and yeah. and out the other side so you will all remember um to varying degrees how much york theater all struggled coming out of capital. Um, They were in real financial difficulties and we've seen the cost of that with both Liz and Damien departing um, uh, for one reason or another, for better or worse. So my job is to make sure that the employees are safe, are happy, they're not overstretched during that time, that we keep audiences coming up the hill Um, I think one of the main challenges in York was that everybody was relocated down to the National Museum. Uh, That continuity was difficult to keep, wasn't it? And then coming out of the other side, making sure that they, uh, uh, we make the most of the boom year before we, because historically you look at capital projects and there's there's the year where everybody wants to come and see the new building. And if you don't get it right in that first year, Audiences really drop off, really drop off. And the next two years are really challenging. So uh, that's my major, major focus um, all all of the time. Um, And I don't know whether I'll be able to do it or not. We'll see. Uh, And if not, I'll be back really soon, Roger. (laughs) Okay, thank you for that, uh, Liam. Wonderful, Liam, uplifting. It sounded great. And obviously where you are, it, it is great, but in terms of looking at nationally, looking at the professional theatre, I mean, what you were saying, sounds like we're just going to all bounce back and it doesn't matter, but hasn't in fact long-term damage been done to the performing arts in general and professional theory in particular? Yes, yeah, you're right. It, we're in a relatively positive position, as I said before, um, for one reason or another, and many aren't. I mean, Royal Exchange, in Manchester, for example, which is in between where I am and you guys are, they've they've made eighty percent reductions in their in, in their core employees, and that a lot of that is the theatre making, a lot of that is the technical teams and the and the and the, and the making teams, um, and 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 the other big issue that you'll all be aware of because I know you kind of keep track of the industry is is the freelance community and how many people are dropping away from the theatre sector because they've just not had employment for 12 months, There's, it's, it's it's not been there. I think it's a real challenge. That said, I do think, um, you know, theatre's been around, as we know, for hundreds and thousands of years and will find a way to survive. I, I think the biggest, okay, the biggest challenges for UK theatre, one, we've got this really difficult hybrid model. We're not like America. Where it's all about um, philanthropy and the patrons, uh, uh, basically the audiences. There's no public funding really in the States. So they only ever make work that is commercially wanted, you know, that people want to see. We're not like Europe, where we're getting 90% funding, you know. So the European theatres and Scandinavian theatres, they've been able to continue throughout this and survive throughout this and keep on employing and paying artists, many of whom are paid by the state, by the way. And we've got this kind of mini um, uh, hybrid in the middle where we get a bit of funding, but we're also encouraged to be commercial. Uh, and as I've said, the, the organizations that have been most hit by this are the ones who have driven real commerciality, You know, more money at the box office, more secondary spend at the bar, um, so I think the funding model is absolutely broken in the UK and it needs sorting. And I think the pandemic has highlighted this. Whether the politicians, cross-party and specific parties, can be made to take a different approach or not, I, I, I don't know. The other thing is that if we're really honest, um, equality has been it is a massive issue for the industry. It it, it really is. You know we we have been seen for too long as elitist uh, and the programming has been based upon the tastes of mainly you know i say this as a white male leader of a, an arts organization but mainly white men uh, and all of that has to be rebalanced through this so um there's some big stuff to sort i have no doubt the industry will survive and thrive um the knocks we take on the way Jed I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure but uh, I'm positive because I'm always I'm always positive you know you know me I, I always am and and I think positive energy kind of um, breeds positive outcome uh, and I'm sure the industry will su- survive in one way or another but there's there's a few more who are going to fall before before the end of this pandemic I'm
0: sure yeah I'm sure it's a very realistic assessment Liam thank you are there any Further points, then we'd like to make? Well, we've, well, we've got Liam here. <laughs> it's lovely. I think we need a trip to Theatre Cluid at some point, Liam, very definitely. Well, in that case, I'm going to thank you very much, Liam, for your time tonight and joining us. Absolutely lovely to see you again and really yeah, inspiring yeah, to hear what you're yeah, doing yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, people can either give a virtual clap or unmute or whatever, but thank you very indeed. much indeed. We'll cross again before too long. Be
1: lovely. So lovely to see you. And Harold's got Harold Knight, too. And is he red team, green team, blue team, or yellow team? That's what I want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs>